Welcome to Joyful Eating. I'm your host, Jules Clancy, a former food scientist and winemaker turned cookbook author and health coach. I've discovered a simple way to have a joyful relationship with food without sacrificing pleasure or my waistline, and I can help you get there too. Listen on to find out how. Hello, hello, and welcome to Joyful Eating episode lucky number 66. So our topic for today is, a story for today is how I lost 25 kilos, 50 pounds with ease. But before I get to that, my best bite that I had recently, I'm a bit obsessed with them. I, remember, um, I posted a video on Instagram, like, so when I was in the US, I went to Whole Foods. I love, like, one of my favorite things to do when I travel is go into grocery stores and just see what's there. And I picked up uh, this, like, everything bagel sprinkle spice blend thing. So delicious. Anyway, so one of my favorite things to eat at the moment is boiled eggs with mayonnaise on it and then just heaps of this everything bagel sprinkled. So it's got like dried onion and garlic and lots of salt and poppy seeds, I think, and sesame seeds. And it's just like crunchy flavor explosion, basically. Um, so with the eggs and the mayo, it's like, it's so good. And so it's mad. Like every time I'm thinking about what I can eat, I like, I'm wanting to do this combo of mayo and everything bagel sprinkle with everything. Like I had it with some cabbage last night and yeah, it's really, really good. So I thought I'd just share like the story behind this episode and then how I actually lost those 25 kilos with ease so that it wasn't a struggle. Then we'll talk about like how to apply this process to your life. And I've got a bonus tip for you as well at the end. So the story behind this is I actually had this crazy idea over Christmas. Sometimes I get crazy ideas that I could like gain weight and then lose it just to like have that experience because I hadn't done that for a long time. But I had so much resistance to it. And and I was realized, like, why do I need to do that? Like, I've already done it twice with both my pregnancies because I put on a lot of weight with those. So particularly with my first pregnancy, so I wasn't diagnosed with gestational diabetes, but I suspect I actually may have had it for that. So I actually gained 25 kilos, which on my frame is a lot. Like taxi drivers were asking me if I was having twins um, and Fergo was a really big baby. So all all healthy and all, all fine in the end. But yeah, like, so I actually had done that, like I've lost 25 kilos. And of course, yeah, like, you know, when you have a baby, a big chunk of that is the actual baby and placenta and stuff. However, like, you know, there's, there was still a good... 10 kilos, 12 kilos after the all the pregnancy stuff was gone that I still needed to lose. So I had done that. And I actually had done it twice because my second pregnancy, I only gained about, I think, 17 kilos for that one. So it wasn't as much, but yeah, like I had, had done that. So I was like, okay, I don't need to gain any more weight and lose any more weight to prove I can do it because I've done it. So, um, but anyway, what it did get me thinking was how actually did I do that? Like, so Fergal's just about to turn nine. So, you know, it was, that was a long time ago, but a thing that I really remember is that it wasn't difficult. Like it wasn't this big struggle that, and I actually could look back and I actually wrote a blog post about being back to my pre-pregnancy weight within like it was like he was born in June and that I did a blog post in September for my birthday. So yeah, it didn't take a long time to lose that weight, which you know is pretty remarkable really, because a lot of women do struggle. And it's a you know, it can be a really difficult time. So it just got me thinking about like how exactly did I do that back then? And so the first thing was like I realized I totally believed a hundred percent that I would lose that weight. Like there was never a doubt in my mind that it was going to be something that would hang around. And I think that belief just came from my mom was a like a role model. She had five children and you know, just was always 
slim her whole life. So I just, you know, that was just what you did. Like it just, the thought of not doing it just didn't cross my mind. So first of all, I had that, that solid belief that I could do it. Second thing is I wasn't in a rush. Like I gave myself lots of time. I didn't have like a goal or a deadline around it. Like I want to be back in my old clothes by whatever. I guess I did have a little goal in the back of my mind because um, my Irishman and I actually got married after we had a, um, had Fergal. So like I knew the, the wedding was coming up in March, which was you know nine months after Fergal was born. So I guess I did have a little goal in my mind there, but I didn't, like I wasn't stressed about it and I didn't feel like it was a, like a tight time frame. Um, the next thing I did, which is a habit that I've had for a very long time, was that I like weighed myself every day. And I had been doing that prior to the pregnancy, during pregnancy, and then afterwards. I actually have like some cool charts of like weight going up, 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 and then down. So that's a habit that I continued you know, before and after the pregnancy. And I think like having that regular data is is really important um, and really helpful because you're not guessing then, you know exactly where you're at. Um, so yeah, that w- that's something that I did. The, the next thing I did was that I trusted my internal nutrition compass. And what do I mean by that? So basically I didn't go looking for a you know, like how to lose weight after pregnancy diet. Like I just, I already knew had this skill of like listening to my body and knowing what foods make me feel good. And basically, you know, mostly like lots of veggies, lots of good quality protein and, you know, healthy fats, like, like tuning into what made me feel good. And then of course, like that perpetuates those choices. Like I wanted to keep eating more of the things that made me feel good. And if I, you know, had things that didn't agree with me so much, I wasn't drawn to them. So it was like, I was, it was really coming from within. So yeah, like if I look at it now, the way I eat is mostly low carb, but it's not like, you know, following this blindly, it's like I've decided I have to follow this keto diet. Like it's me just being guided from within. So it's really congruent with who I am and what feels good to me. Um, so first of all, I believed. The next was I gave myself lots of time. The next thing I did was weigh myself every day, trusted my internal nutrition compass. And that was to like guide me in terms of, you know, the types of food to eat, uh, that I ate and still continue to eat. And then the next thing that I have pretty much done all my life is just really focused on eating regular meals. So proper meals, I call them proper meals. And then I talk to my client, I'm all, clients, I'm always about, you know, getting them to have a regular meal time. And I get them to choose what those meals are and that can change over time. But I think our bodies are designed to eat at regular times. So just having that rhythm and when you're actually focusing on eating a proper meal, like you're more likely to have veggies and protein. Like Whereas if you're just snacking randomly throughout the day, it may not necessarily be that you're reaching for processed stuff or like, you know, chips and sugar. However, it's less likely to have a lot of veggies basically. <laughs> so so I think that's one of the biggest reasons why you know, eating proper meals is really helpful. Um, it just sets your circadian rhythm. So I wasn't, I was eating at regular times. I, I was trying to remember, like I think back then I was still having breakfast. So I was having like breakfast, lunch and dinner. I may have had a snack. I don't really remember back then. Whereas these days my regular meals are just have tea and coffee in the morning, then have lunch at um, you know, one or two and then have a snack at four or five and then have dinner at 6.30 usually. So that's my proper meal schedule that would have been different back then. But the thing to note is that I wasn't snacking randomly and there would have been times where I had snacks, I'm sure, but it wasn't like if I was up with the baby at 
three o'clock in the morning, I wasn't going to the kitchen and having food then. I would, would just wait till normal breakfast time and have breakfast then. And I also wasn't snacking after dinner. Like I would have my dinner and then you know, have some tea or whatever and go to bed. Like that, that would be it for the day. So people underestimate that power of just having regular meals so that your body's getting the nutrients that it needs when it needs it. And just helps you feel more satisfied. There's so many reasons to enjoy proper meals and, you know, get get away from the random snacking. And that's pretty much how I did it. Like at the time, that's all it took. So believing I could, giving myself lots of time, weighing myself every day, making food choices, trusting my internal nutrition comes, making food choices based on what felt good to me, enjoying proper meals and not randomly snacking that was enough to get me to that place. And it, it happened, I can't remember the time frame because I could have looked it up. For my second pregnancy, I didn't gain as much weight, but it again, it was, I think it took a little bit longer with that. I guess I was a bit older and whatever. I uh, had two kids as well. So that's always um, an extra, a, a tougher transition. But it was the same thing. It was just eating proper meals, same process, got me where I wanted to go both times. So how can you apply this process to your life? So first thing is that we just want to stay open to the possibility that you can change, that you can achieve whatever your goal is. And the more you can believe it, the easier it's going to be. But if it's hard for you to believe, like just having, keeping your mind open to the possibility is enough to start with. And also what you can do is like if you surround yourself with people who do believe in you, that can be you know, friends and family or if you or a, you know, a support group or, um, of course, having a coach, like one of the biggest things, one of my biggest roles that I have as a coach is to hold that belief for people while they are building the belief in themselves. So I like can totally see them doing it and believe I believe that they can do it. And I don't work with anyone that I don't believe can change. Like, and there are people that I do turn away, but um, only take on people that I believe that I can help them get where they want to go. Um, so yeah, having a coach can be really helpful for that. Next thing is you want to give yourself a good chunk of time. Like you don't want to be in a hurry to do this because that just puts too much pressure on and it makes it way more difficult to do the boring things and take the everyday actions if you're looking for that short-term quick fix. Whereas if you're like, okay, this is me changing taking my time to change so that I'm doing it in a sustainable way and that I like, you know, I've got my end goal of like in two years or three years or five years, this is where I want to be. It's just, it makes it so much easier to do the work now because your expectations are good. And also like if you're not getting the results you want straight away, it helps you stay motivated and on track. And um, actually someone shared in the, um, in my coaching, the Naturally Healthy Club group this week, a great quote from James Clear around how like, like making meaningful changes in our lives or building anything like worthwhile, like it generally takes time. Like, you know, he was talking about to build a business or relationships or to get in the best shape of your life. It can take five years. So I think like those of us that focus on the long game are way more likely to get there in the end. Whereas if you're just focusing on short-term goals, it's easy to get discouraged if you're not seeing the results straight away. So yeah, we want to give yourself time. We want to stay open to the possibility that you can do it. And the next thing is like to tune into your internal nutrition compass. So start making decisions about what to eat based on how food makes you feel. So if you want more help with that, definitely check out episode number 31, which I did, which was all around this idea of learning to tune in and trust your internal nutrition compass. 
And then the next thing you want to do is like be intentional about your meals and find a rhythm of like proper meals that works for you. So whether that's breakfast, lunch, and dinner, whether that's, you know, one meal a day, like some people do, or whether that's, you know, lunch and a snack and dinner, like I do, you know, whatever it is, you can experiment and and try different rhythms. Maybe it's like you have two snacks a day, like it's up to you, but being intentional about your, your meal rhythm is, um, is a really, really helpful thing. And the last thing we want to do, and this is a new skill that if I had it now, it would have like made my weight loss journey in both those times even easier, even though neither time it was particularly difficult. But the last skill that I have now that I would use in my tool belt is um, learning to listen to your tummy and stopping eating when you feel satisfied. So I didn't really have that as a skill back then. So I guess I was using my brain more to decide how much food to eat and when to stop. But now I would like, I have that skill of being able to just listen to my body and go, no, no, when I feel full and stop then. So if you want some help around that one, there's um, definitely check out episode number 55, which is called learn to listen to your tummy because it will it will give you some really good tips on that that's pretty much it so we'll just to recap how we do it is you believe that you can do it you stay open to the possibility give yourself lots of time weigh yourself every day oh and actually that i do have an episode on um it was one of the early ones maybe episode 10 or something around why i recommend weighing yourself every day learning to trust your internal nutrition compass and make decisions about what to eat based on how food makes you feel. Then the next step is to be intentional about enjoying proper meals and getting away from random snacking. And then the last thing is in terms of how much to eat is learning to listen to your tummy. Okay. And then the bonus tip was actually, I just got this really lovely email this week that I wanted to share with you guys from one of my clients from last year who joined the group last June. And, um, So she wrote to me and she said, hey, Jules, just wanted to let you know that things have been going well with me. I've achieved my target of reducing my waistline and indeed have lost over 22 kilos. Know that it's less about the scale and so much more about the health. Then she said, my girlfriend is doing um, your coaching. So it's been working well for her as well, which I'm really pleased about that. And we're just about to meet up in Canada for a holiday so, and then she wrote, um, you know, big test now to see how my holiday goes and see how I go with food and um, the process because I'll be away for five weeks. Uh, and then she said like, but I've got my scale, portable scales and my reflection book for writing. So it'll be interesting to see how I go. And then she said that the irony is my scales are now like a security blanket. And if someone had said that to me 12 months ago, I would have laughed at that. They used to terrify me, but now I realize I don't need to lose control and just throw it in in case I put on a couple of pounds. Liberating. Anyway, take care and thanks for everything. So yeah, I just wanted to share that because uh, yeah, it made me laugh about the scales. But And just know that like if the thought of weighing yourself every day freaks you out right now, just stay open to the possibility that, you know, it may actually be something that you may want to like experiment with and you might actually change your mind about like my client did. Okay, so let's wrap this up with a key takeaway. So if you'd like help learning these skills and applying this process that I've just shared with you so that you can lose weight without all the struggle, then I'd love you to join the Naturally Healthy Club. So it's my six-month coaching group, which gives you a personalized, simple, doable process to change your relationship with food so you enjoy eating well automatically and you feel good in your clothes. So we enroll twice a year. And for details, you can either just click on the coaching link in the 
the show notes or if you Google Stone Soup and click on the coaching tab, you'll find it there. It's super, super fun and it's a really beautiful community and I would love to welcome you in. Okay, have a beautiful week and I will catch you next week. Bye. Before you go, this is the best part. So if you enjoyed Joyful Eating, subscribe to the podcast and I'd love to send you a copy of my free cookbook called Six Ingredients, 20 Minutes, Simple Whole Foods for Joyful Weeknight Dinners. It's full of easy recipes, so delicious they'll satisfy even the biggest food snob. Just Google Stone Soup and you'll find it.